Excuse me, miss, but if you could step into the small saloon for a moment. The butler's diffident voice broke into Miss Cherwood's concentration on the lists and notes before her. Someone to see me, Drummy? she asked, frowning slightly at a bill for wax candles. There were only three persons she knew of who might be desiring an audience with her today, taken up with the last-minute details for the party as she was, and the thought of breaking off her work to speak with any one of the three did not please her. There was the chance that it might be Mr. Greavesy, the physician's assistant bringing Lady Bradwell's drops and eyewash. Since Mr. Greavesy showed an alarming and distasteful tendency to moist sighings and significant glances when in Miss Sherwood's vicinity, he would hardly be a welcome visitor. If it was Lady Bradwell's older son, he would likely be hot with a brainstorm regarding the stables or one of the shooting pens. While Lord Bradwell was as good-natured as the day is long, he was also long-winded when enthusiastic, and totally impervious to polite hints that perhaps one might have other things to attend to than a new design for tack pegs. The only other person who might not realise that the ladies of Broke Hall were not at home this afternoon, Miss Chairwood thought with a sniff, was Lady Bradwell's younger son, whose arrival had been expected hourly for the last week. Miss Cherwood had no sympathy for Lyndon Bradwell, having attended his mother during much of her illness six months before, and seen how important his arrival was to her mistress. Indeed, the party that was consuming so much of her attention was being held at Lady Bradwell's expressed command to welcome home her prodigal son, gone these six years in the army and in Naples. Gone for six years, and still it takes him six months to return home, when his poor mamma is deathly ill— The least that man could do now is return according to his own schedule. Patting a stray curl briskly in place, Miss Cherwood returned her attention to the butler. Could not the gentleman join me here? She asked, resigning herself to Mr. Greavesy's oily compliments or Lord Bradwell's inarticulate enthusiasms. Well, that's the first thing, miss. It isn't a gentleman. It's a young woman, miss, or perhaps I dare say a young lady— and I believe she's arrived by stagecoach, and she insists that she talk directly to you, miss. A mystery? Well, thank you, Drummy. I shall join her directly. This was strange. There was no young woman she could think of who would be calling at Broke on a chill, raining afternoon, certainly not when the house was known to be under covers for the party preparations. There was absolutely no one who should be arriving by stagecoach and asking particularly to see her. Miss Cherwood left the library and made her way to the small saloon. As she entered the room and her visitor turned to greet her, Miss Cherwood experienced a shock. The face that greeted her, the shade of chestnut hair, even its arrangement, might have been her own mirror image seven years before. "'Margaret!' she cried joyfully, and the two of them flew into an embrace. "'Rowena, you haven't any idea how glad I am to see you!' Margaret Cherwood confessed at last, freed from the confines of her Spencer and Bonnet. I was afraid you'd turn me away at once. Not but what you may, when I tell you what I have done, but, oh, when it was too much to be borne. Why, yes, dear, I imagine it was, if it put you in such a state. Now sit here and I'll ring for some tea and you shall tell me all about it. Miss Cherwood guided her cousin to a comfortable chair, coaxed her to settle into it and to accept a shawl for her shoulders and, having ordered the tea, seated herself opposite on the sofa. Now what brings you to Broke in the middle of such a cold, dreary day, and in the mists of season at that? 
I vow, Renna, it wasn't my idea at all, but I could not bear the idea of going to my grandmama Lewis's, and I knew that you were on the way to Bristol. Well, in a manner of speaking, anyway. So I left the stage at Reading and bought a ticket to Plymouth, but the coachman let me down almost outside the gates of Broke. Which answers my question nicely, and tells me nothing about why you are here or why you are travelling to Lady Lewis's. She's not ill, I trust. I find it... Forgive me a trifling bit difficult to believe that your mamma has let you from her sight as easily as that. But it was mamma's idea, Miss Margaret informed her cousin. Mamma says that I'm an ungrateful wretch and don't deserve to bear the name that I do. If Rowena was supposed to have been shocked by this dire pronouncement, it did not do its work. She shook her head.